0: Death, taxes, and the Dallas Cowboys getting bounced early in the playoffs. Welcome back to Chopping Up a Peace, Scott. I'm Prescott Kelly. I'm doing a live stream technically at the moment. I'm trying to do new avenues on this podcast thing because when it comes to technology, I'm someone who's not very good at it. Uh, I'm really inefficient at things that I feel like I should be good at, but also I'm almost 40 years old, so at this point in time, I have a hard time believing they're going to teach me new tricks I'm supposed to already know when it comes to technology. I don't like pretending like I'm going to be my dad or that I'm already turning into my dad. But that's the one thing where I'm kind of I'm kind of getting there, unfortunately. So I figured what I'd do, I've been using StreamYard as kind of my my outlet for a little bit, but I I just now started to use it a little bit more frequently because I do it with a lot more live streams now with people on on Facebook. And uh, I figured that what I would do now is just do a recording first and then I can upload it to all my media outlets later. I can actually go back and download the audio strictly to Audacity, which is the editing program that I use and what I usually use if I'm just uploading my podcast exclusively to Anchor. So this way I figure I can do all this, get the explanations out there. If you are watching it live, you can see what the podcast is called, where to find it. There is also a YouTube channel that's called Peace God Sports Talk. That is very, 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 very much not off the ground. (laughs) Uh, There's only just a handful of episodes, period, on that one. Uh, Because, again, I'm not very efficient with how I'm doing this. So I'm trying to self-teach myself to do it uh, with very minimal resources. But enough of the explanation. Got that two-minute drill out the way. So to recap, wild card weekend was fun especially as a Bills fan. Uh, I was not expecting that at all. I had Jeremy Red on last week. Um, we had uh, Nigel Brown, who was on, again, on the Peace Got Sports Talk page on Facebook. We did the second half of the uh, Cowboys and, and San Francisco game. Um, and we, we both kind of thought that game was going to go, I was going to go, that matchup for Dallas against San Francisco, we didn't think it was going to be a good, a favorable one for them, just knowing what San Francisco is and who they are. And for me, it all comes down to: Are you going to break character? And if you can stay true to it, San Francisco did, and I thought that if they did, they would handle, they would handle Dallas pretty handedly. And the score indicates that it was closer than it was, but for the most part, you never really thought that Dallas really had much of a chance. It's like San Francisco really felt like they were in control for really damn near the entire game. Uh, but again, as far as like the bigger surprise for me, I thought that Buffalo could win, especially if they stick, if they stuck with the run game, which they did, and if they didn't just use Josh Allen. Uh, even though obviously he is still a big part of the run game, but them just beating the brakes off New England felt really good to me. That was two decades of us getting our asses handed to us, and them saying, "Nah, not today, B. We are we aren't going to allow this to happen." And they didn't, they just man handled New England at every in every single facet of the game. Buffalo just beat the brakes off them. So that was good to watch. Now I did a lot of gloating, more in-game, not about how this is our year and everything of that nature. Because we got Kansas City and they've been some good games, but obviously last year Casey got our number in the AFC Championship game. And then we beat them this year in the regular season. So it should be a fun matchup. Uh I don't see it being a blowout at all because Mac Jones is very much a limited quarterback and Patrick Mahomes is not. So you got your work cut out for you, but it should be a good game. So if Buffalo loses, I'm not gonna be not gonna beat myself up because the one thing that I've kind of excuse me, the one thing that I've kind of grown over the last couple of years is I know that this is at least a good football team now. I feel like Josh Allen gets too much praise and not like any criticism from anybody whatsoever. That's why I lean so hard on some of the takes that I have with him, but I know that he's, I know that he's good. And one of the things that I mentioned uh, on a previous live stream was, I think that this is probably Josh Allen's true form and I'm okay with that. Um, I think a lot of the things that he does makes him who he is and it's going to frustrate the hell out of me. And it's always going to, but. First two years, Josh Allen is not who he is. Last year's Josh Allen, I don't believe is who he is either. Um, I feel like he's kind of come down to earth, but if this is who you're going to get as a franchise quarterback, at least at least you've got one now. So I'm still going to beat up on him sometimes just because whenever whenever the praise is too high and no one's willing to criticize at all, that always has an issue with me. So I, I try to bring people back down to reality some, and then sometimes I can lean too hard on that. But – Buffalo's got a quarterback and I'm okay with that. But yeah, it's going to be a fun matchup with Casey. Um, excuse me. So here's what we need to talk about real quick. Dallas, Dallas fans in general are super pissed off and I get it, but I think you're met at all the wrong people. So I understand there are, are there are, intelligent fans who know what the rules are and they are Cowboys fans and they are not taking this out on the officials but it is the over the top fans who were like they're fans and you're allowed to be that way but you're you sound like you're crying more than anything else the way I saw that play and it was funny when I had Nigel on the show cuz we were watching it together and our reactions were almost the exact same and there's a there's a little bit of I can I'm going to try to defend Mike McCarthy a little bit now that we've had a little bit of time to sit back and really kind of digest what happened and how it happened in that situation. You always know defense is guiding the sidelines, right? They're guarding the sidelines at all costs. So sometimes you can get away with sneaking a throw in the middle of the field, but it's gotta be quick. It's gotta be quick. Everything has to be quick. So to a degree, I could understand maybe why well, he wants to catch San Francisco off guard, right? Because they're expecting a throw to the outside. Corner's play out there, safety's a play out there. You know, defend the just defend the sidelines, don't let him get out of bounds. So if you're gonna run that play, and it looked that was scripted. That was a call that was played, that wasn't Dak just do it, because that's the Other people are just dagging on, dagging on Dak. But that was a design play. And the offensive coordinator is Kellen Moore, and he seems to be kind of skating under as far as the, the Dallas hatred is concerned. It's all fallen on deck, and it's all fallen on Mike McCarthy. Now, Mike McCarthy deserves some of the vitriol and the hate because this has been an issue. Clock management, time management has been an issue of his and been a criticism of all types of people for as long as I can remember. Aaron Rodgers kept that guy employed for a damn near a decade, if not more, when he was up in Green Bay. And Dak is kind of keeping him employed now, just because when you when you win games and you're as good as Dallas was this year, you kind of luck out and you get to stay employed for a while. Now, with how bad this media lack, backlash has been, maybe McCart, maybe McCarthy gets toasted. But look, again, so if I'm going to defend him right now, which I'm, which I'm really going to try to do for a moment, just because I feel like he needs some kind of break. If that is your intention, I understand it because what's the criticism that would be if you ran a play and it's caught and a guy gets tackled in bounds? It's we should have got out of bounds. Well, it's up to the player to execute it too, though. Okay. Depending on when the throw happens, where it happens. And some players just want want to make their own play. They know the football move is to get out of bounds, but it's not I can do this. I'm trying to do hero ball. And the coach can't really control that. But of course, there are some people who would say, well, that comes down to coaching. And you... Some guys just want to go do their own thing. That is not what happened here. But there's got to be a clock in your head as well. So if you're going for element of surprise, I could understand. <laughs> I'm trying really hard to do this. I could understand why McCarthy would want to do that. And say, but you need to get down as soon as possible. And that's kind of where I was looking at. I was looking at it with Nigel. I said That, that was a design play call. Dak's got to know in his head, I gotta get down, or I gotta get the yards, get down so we can spike it. Center's the one who kind of goofed that up, though. Officials got spotted. You can't do it yourself, homie. So that's who you really should be mad at. Um, but again, if if I'm gonna defend McCarthy a little bit, it's if you're going for elemental surprise, okay, fair enough. So Dak needs to take some responsibility on that too, of getting down sooner, so you guys have at least another second or two to get things situated. To be able to have one more final shot at it. Because one, that was one thing that me and Naj were talking about was you now Dak doesn't have that super, super strong arm. Now you've got all the talented wide receivers in the world, but again, San Francisco's playing for that. They're playing for the deep one. I understand, man. It's really hard to defend him though. Anyway, we'll move on because you know it's Monday afternoon. The Rams and uh Rams and Cardinals game is actually going to be starting within the next hour and a half or so, so you've already heard everybody else and Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman, and other people just yell at yell at you over Cowboy stuff. So we'll move on a little bit. The one that I, the other thing I want to talk about is the Raiders fans getting mad at the 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 whistle, the random whistle that was blown in the Cincinnati game. So this is my perspective on it. That was going to be a touchdown regardless. When was was the whistle called too early? Yes, the play wasn't over yet, and I could understand the thought process of if if a defender quits on a play because you're supposed to play to and through the whistle, right? So you could once again you could criticize whichever I don't even know which defender that was for for the Raiders. So you could criticize them for, say for giving them the play because it wasn't over. You could also say, hey, the whistle blew. I'm not going to get flagged for something if I try to make a, a play on the ball when it's up in the air and the whistle's already gone, because you have no idea what these officials are going to do. Now, this offici- officiating crew is done for the year, from what I understand, and I don't know if it's going to be anything going forward. But at least for this postseason, that specific officiating crew is gonzo. But when you look at the time of when that was, when the the whistle was blown, it was damn near already in Tyler Boyd's hands. And that, received, that that defender had already been cooked and had no chance of getting back to it. So Raiders fans, if you're still complaining about this, this is your PSA to leave it alone. Leave it alone. You guys are going to be okay, and you weren't going to win that game anyways, I don't believe. But that one specific play is not a reason why you would have lost. It was because Joe Burrow's that dude. Plain and simple. Now, I like Carr. I think he's actually better than what a lot of people give him credit for. Um, but Burrow's that dude, man. And I Cincinnati, man, they could mess around and beat Tennessee. Because before we get to this, uh, before we get to the Rams and and Cardinals game, we gotta talk about Ryan Tannehill. Because I've been telling y'all forever I don't believe in Ryan Tannehill at all. I don't care that they're the number one seed, I don't care that they did it without Derrick Henry for most of the year. I want Ryan Tannehill to beat me. The way that I would play this game. If I'm Cincinnati, is I would play it a lot the same way that Buffalo did against the Baltimore last year in the divisional round when they faced Lamar Jackson. Now the difference was it was crazy windy. And Lamar Jackson does not like to test the ball to the outside. He likes to keep everything in the middle and he wants to make his own individual play. So what Buffalo did crammed the line of scrimmage, they played everything inside, they made him force the ball at the outside. And they constantly had somebody spying on them, whether it was Tremaine Edmonds or Matt Milano or Teron Johnson. They always had somebody with good enough speed to be able to at at least keep Lamar Jackson in front of them. So this is one of those things where I'm going to play a pretty similar way. I want my corners to play up top or not up top. I want them to play right at the line of scrimmage, pack it. And I want eight guys in the box every single time. No need to be cute. And obviously, Rand Tannehill is not Lamar Jackson, so you don't have to put a spy on him every play, whereas you do with uh, with Baltimore. But make, make Tannehill beat you, because I don't think that he can. I don't think that he can beat you. So Cincinnati, I think, has a much better chance of winning this game than a lot of people give him credit, or think that they can, strictly just because, well, Tennessee's been on a roll and they got the one seed. Not all one seeds are created equal. And we kind of see... The way that we've seen, uh, like Dallas, Dallas didn't really play anybody this year. Anytime that they played somebody of of any caliber, they got smacked around. So it you can almost kind of equate it to the Steelers of last year. Started eleven and zero. Steeler Nation was all up and They were waving terrible towels all over the damn place. Then you played somebody. You went eleven and zero. I think you were like. Two and four of the final six games of the season or something like that. So, yes, a win is a win if you want to, you know, just neanderthal it down to that. But who you play matters. The record still speaks for itself. Like it's still the win is obviously still important because these are paid professionals and everybody's trying to beat everybody. But there are levels to the talent on these teams. Let's let's not get it twisted. So I think Cincinnati's got a good chance to beat, uh, to beat Tennessee, whether they've got Derrick Henry or not but we can move on to tonight's game. I'll tell you what I said this last week. and I'll say it again to me, Matt Stafford has the most pressure on him of any quarterback that was playing in wild Card weekend this today, or, you know, this entire weekend, you can't, you can't have all of the negativity and criticism that Jared Goff was getting and then be elevated here because I've been a a pretty big Matt Stafford defender as well. I think a lot of people have because of just the the sheer talent that he's had around him in Detroit. If you subtract Calvin Johnson away from him, you know, there hasn't been a whole lot of talent, especially defensively. There's been no run game. He's always had all the talent in the world individually, but it's always, what have you done in the playoffs? (laughs) What's your, What's your record against winning teams? But he has not been on a team that's been any good. So this is one of those games where he cannot come out and be flat. He almost has to play a damn near perfect game and really light that shit up. So I still like the Rams overall. The Cardinals are getting uh, J.J. Watt back. I don't know how much of an impact he's going to be. They'll probably have him on a pitch count, I would imagine. But you can bet that when he's out there, He's going to be a force. I just think he's going to have – that percentage of snap counts is probably going to be somewhere like a 20 30% of the entire game. I don't see him being out there every down. So this is this is going to be an intriguing matchup. Cooper Cut's probably going to get his 12 to 15 targets, his 8 to 10 catches like he's been doing all damn year. We'll see if Cam Akers is actually going to get some more touch. I think he only had three touches for five yards uh in last week's game and he's just coming back from his injury so we'll see if his workload is going to be a little bit more brands have so much i don't want to say much more offensive firepower but you got cooper cup obj's been playing much better over the past month now that they've actually kind of been able to gel with stafford i like the rams to win this one but I don't think it's a blow up by any stretch of the imagination because you know that Kyler Murray is going to be able to extend plays and he'll probably have between 70 and 80 rushing yards and probably rushing touchdown as well. So to me, it's going to really come down to both offensive lines who plays the better, who plays the the better game up front and which quarterback has the most time to be able to actually survey the field and put throws on guys. To me, that's what it's really going to boil down to. So I like the Rams, not super confident in it. That's my really cool hot take if you will. So we're going to go and hang it up for now. I just wanted to get a couple things out there. Uh, We've had a lot of, a lot of distress in the state of Alaska over the past, like really since the beginning of the new year, Um, we had power outages and our house was our downstairs house of our house was flooded uh, due to pipe bursting because of the the cold and the temperatures and stuff like that. Uh, We were on tsunami warning just a couple, or just yesterday, I believe as well. So, it's been a rough start to 2022. So, I haven't been as active uh, with this. Hoping to get back on track now, but want to put something out here for you guys for the ones who've been listening to this show from day one. Want well, to thank you guys again. We'll try to be a little more active as well. You guys, as always, stay up, stay blessed, and we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks for listening to Chopping Up a Peace, Scott.